Hello and welcome to Calling the Shots. Behind every successful sports organisation exists a commercial game changer. An individual who drives the off-field wins. Calling the Shots tells the stories of some of these innovative characters. How do they get there? What are they truly passionate about? What drives them? What drives them crazy? My name is Andy McGeady. We're powered by William Fry and I'm glad to have you along. In this episode, I talked with someone who's put accelerators in place with Nike and the LA Dodgers. We talked about how companies get into a final accelerator cohort and what they're looking to provide them. And he educates me about what seemingly different companies might have in common. He's based out of Portland, Oregon. He's director at Orgia Ventures. Today on Calling the Shots, it's Dylan Boyd. Dylan Boyd, how are you? I'm doing wonderful today. Thanks for having me. Um, it's great to have you along. You have got a very diverse uh, past, but what, what I'll start by asking about is, is sports, because um, you have an arc here that goes from doing accelerators with Nike through doing something with the LA Dodgers through to now something which is much more standalone. Um, and I kind of want to, I want you to bring me through that. Long story short, um, when I was approached uh, to build the Nike uh, Accelerator, um, it was all around fuel and fuel band. And if you remember back there, I've actually got one here on my desk in front of me. Um, if you uh, re- remember back to then, it was kind of the, the beginning of the wearables um, and where we thought sports would go. And that was something that... Um, RGA had worked on uh, in the design development, the consumer journey, the experience of what capturing your personal activity could mean. Um, And it was was developing a bunch of different use cases, quite honestly. I mean, the early stage uh, startups that we worked with in that accelerator um, where, you know, somewhat, some were, were, you know, three ideas and, and, and some PR, so three people and some, an idea. Others were a little bit more, more defined uh, in the youth uh, market, but all of them were trying to figure out, could activity be a currency? Could sport be a currency? Could fuel be a currency? Um, and if so, what, what did that mean? So we, uh, we spent some time exploring that with Nike. And, you know, as you know, Nike took that entire uh, product and it's moved into every other device. So they became less hardware dependent and more experience dependent. So whether it's in an Apple watch or on your uh, mobile device or on the desktop or in some other experience, it's become a a way to unlock membership uh, and become part of something bigger than yourself. Um, so it started there, uh, moved into opportunities uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, Major League Baseball team, where the ownership group led by uh, Tucker Kane and, and Stan Kasten and, and Magic Johnson and Peter Goober um, and others came together saying, you know, there's, there's something bigger here going into, going into sports and no one seems to be capturing it. We're seeing all these inbound companies and ideas and technologies starting to approach us and, and we don't know how to look at them in the right way, compare them and figure out how to work with them. Uh, so our, our first year, the LA Dodgers accelerator was really to understand what sport tech was um, to look at, you know, I think we looked at, might get it wrong, but I went over 750 companies that first year, you know, and I say companies loosely, some developed companies, some more of uh, projects 
um, and we selected 10 to work with. And those 10 ran the gamut across uh, whether it be uh, fantasy and, and, and betting, uh, all the way to uh, athletic performance like conduct and looking at uh, what human, you know, the human movement recovery, how to build a, you know, a sales force for sport and human performance. So it was a really interesting time in cohort one and cohort two. We, we said, what if we took the power of RGA uh, and the power of uh, the greater leagues, teams, media properties, and organizations that we've become close with and looked at, at what we term as a growth stage company, you know, someone that's built a product market fit, someone that's built revenue and traction, and really just needs, you know, product and roadmap refinement, uh, business development, help and support, um, and uh, it, the right introductions to the right people. And that was when we found companies like Shot Tracker, Keymotion, uh, and others, which have really evolved quickly into market-leading companies. That's maybe the halfway point. So you've got there's a couple of things there I just want to I want to explore. Um, okay, firstly, you're talking about taking 750 projects and whittling that down to 10. So firstly, my 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 assumption is that this is the problem that the Dodgers were actually approaching people like you to help them do this because they have people knocking on the door saying, "Hey, I can do something for you," and you're helping put some structure on that. Um, is is that a fair summary? And if so, how did you whittle that down? Yeah, I mean, I think that over the last, you know, God, I would say almost eight years of of doing this formally, we've, you know, myself and, and, and we've really built a process. Um, we've built a process uh, with RG Ventures team now where <laughs> we can take a an inbound, right, from applications as well as an outbound way in which we source, we source across not only known uh, folks, but also across our networks of sports, media, entertainment, uh, co-investors, other venture firms, uh, and find the right, the right things out there. And I say, you know, right is kind of a starting point. You know, is it the correct thing at the end of the day? That's what we have to figure out. The other side of what we do is we go to the, the opposite side. So, Say, for an example, in the, the Dodgers case, we look at what uh, we get a deep understanding of what are the problems facing them today, three years from now, five years from now. What are the appetite for what they can solve today versus what they can solve in a year? Uh, you know, basically, whether that be, you know, from a attention, whether it be from a prioritization, whether it be from a resource internally. Um, we do this in not only, you know, this this studio, but in, in all the studios we run. And we really look for a combination in that of who's the early stage where we can take some bets on uh, and, and really help them get the product to where it needs to be and leverage our knowledge and our resources and, uh, and our partners out there. The other side is where do you find a maturing product? And that's always, you know, in the world of early stage companies or growth stage companies, that means something different to everyone else. But where do you find a growth stage product where we can really put some additional muscle into, you know, and, and, and take it from X revenue or X size to Y revenue and Y size. And that filtering process is, is pretty intense. Um, you know, there's, there's, I don't want to give away all of our, our magic, but, uh, 
I wish I could say we had built some amazing computer algorithm that helped us pick all the right outcomes. It's not at all. Uh, it's a lot of coffee and all, not a lot of sleep. Um, we spend about anywhere from you know 90 days to six months, depending on the timelines we have to work with, going incredibly deep. You know, I, I look in the case of a studio that I'll announce uh, the, the companies with next week, and over the last 100 days. Uh, I went through the sourcing process. I looked at 1,004. I know I remember the exact number. Uh, 1,004 companies uh, brought it down to a little over 120 that actually were good and relevant for matching on the the folks we're working with and their appetite and their abilities and their timing to the companies and the stages that they're at uh, to, we believe, find the best possible outcomes of that, you know, interviewed deeply all of those companies uh, in greater depth than we do on the, the, our first pass uh, uh, formula. And then we uh, get down to, uh, you know, as I was, I'm happy to say, you know, six. Uh, and six might not sound like a lot for a lot of people working in this space, but I can tell you that the amount of work that we do with the companies that we select, you know, let alone financial investment, we, we build outside of my ventures team you know, a four to eight person team uh, from the RGA global services team to work on every single company that we decide to invest in. So for these um, um, for these six companies that you got down to, is this all through the global sports venture studio? No, this is another one, because okay. as you said, I like to do a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not good at being bored. So I'm uh, I really uh, right now. This is uh, in. Uh, Enterprise blockchain, which is so far removed in some ways from sport, um, but we did come across quite a few interesting sport companies that we'll look at um, over for the Global Sports Venture Studio. So there's lots of there are lots of accelerators around the world, and um, the Dodgers wouldn't have been the only uh, professional sporting setup to get involved in something um for example arsenal run one there's a number of of places that do them and the time frames are different i was interested you, you mentioned summer 90 days summer six months and that's something you see across the industry um how do you know when your accelerator program is good i always say to the founders that i work with um you know we should be we might not be your biggest investor you know, for right now, but we hopefully will be the most impactful investor to your business. As you said, every accelerator, and I want to kind of clarify, every accelerator does things differently. So we we run ours, I mean, maybe because we're based in the deep agency services of, you know, working with global Fortune 100 clients, um, how we approach things. I mean, ours is not simply you know, 90 days and we're done. Hope uh, Keep us updated. Send us a monthly email. We hope you're doing well. Ours runs, you know, as I talk about, whether it be 90 days or six months ahead of the start to understanding the companies and the opportunities and where they're going, making sure we're mapping against their needs and their trajectory to what outcomes we hope to provide. And I think when we do that up front, it sets us up to do the best possible work together. I mean, the big difference is, is we're not running a business school. Um, a lot of accelerators are teaching entrepreneurs and founders how to build their businesses. Uh, we're really more of, I would say, a business consulting, uh, business strategy 
um, and, and design and, and, and marketing agency. And we would do a lot of these things and we apply those same disciplines to, to these companies. And the outcome is not, you know, I hope they figured out their problem. The outcome is how do we help them figure out those problems and how do we help them drive revenue? I mean, number one thing of running a business, as you know, is staying in business. And if you're not driving revenue, you're hunting investment. And that's a bad use of time uh, in a lot of cases. So with us, you know, we're, we're not just teaching people the basics of how to raise and how to find product market fits and how to do this. We're looking at the higher spectrum of how to actually grow and, and manage a very profitable business. Um, and that's where I think we're, we're different. And our, our, our relationship continues past that point of just the accelerator uh, for the, a lot of other people run. You know, our studio programs are, are, are meant to stretch. I mean, I still have standing calls I can think of with, with the founder every Monday morning at 10 a.m. <laughs> uh, for 15 minutes. And that's been going on for five years. Uh, because they they need someone to talk to. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 interested in that. So one of the things that uh, that I, I pinged you about before we before we did this was the talk about the environment, the environment that that makes accelerator successful, that makes um, business successful, that makes innovation successful, and it strikes me that you taking the time to have this standing call um, might be one of those things that adds to that environment. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I mean, and the, the problem is it's, it's not a, you know, innovation petting zoo, as a lot of big companies have approached these over the years. It's not a PR and marketing stunt just to say, hey, we're also doing this. We're open for business. Um, it's actually putting the time, energy, and the, the amount of, of care into the people that you work with and you invest in and you help to, to make sure they're not just doing good today, but they're doing good two years from now. Um, I think that that a lot of people, you know, are always looking for the next shiny thing and don't get us wrong. We're always continuing to invest, but we try not to ever stop thinking about the things that we invested in prior. Um, and it's just something different about us. And we've been, you know, with, with, with our leadership with Stephen Plumley, uh, we've really been purposeful about this of, finding ways in which to find new business opportunities for them in an ongoing basis. Um, I can't give you the exact number, but I mean, last quarter, over a hundred new opportunities were opened up for portfolio companies across global RGA uh, clients and partners, um, as well as across our own personal networks of opportunities we found. So if you're a, if you're a company out there, a, a large company, Maybe you how you hold the purse strings. You're looking for something new to do. Is it a matter of saying yes, we want to run an accelerator, or what questions would you want that person to be asking first? Um, yeah, not not if anyone with with money can run something, right? I think it's it's why, right? What's a, what's a, what's a, what's the why of why we're doing this, and what's our desired outcome, um, and what's our commitment? And I think those are the things that we see. You know, you look at the Dodgers is going on five years now uh, and has grown to a, a lot larger uh, army uh, of, of leagues and teams and companies. And that's really because of commitment, um, you know, making that commitment of saying we believe in innovation. We believe this will materially change our business. We believe this will materially shape the future of sports in the leagues. That's that's what you're looking for. You're looking for partners that are not just doing it for innovation theater. Right. 
Uh, you're looking for people that are doing this for this truly, if I don't pay attention to this, this will eat my business through some other, some other uh, avenue. Dylan, tell me exactly what you mean by innovation theater. <laughs> um, not, not to, 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 you know, tell anyone what they're doing is not important, but I don't feel that running pitch events for the sake of bringing a bunch of people together to look at founders and companies is the best, the best outcome for that founder. A lot of time it's wasting of time. You know, we all need to network. We all need visibility and it's hard when you're early stage, you know, for it to get attention. But I see founders constantly, you know, ones we know, ones I know reaching out saying, should I really be doing this? Is this really a good idea? Is this really a best use of my time? You know, the best use of your time is building your business um, and, and growing your sales pipeline. And sometimes that aligns, but innovation theater, or I talk, you know, innovation petting zoos is, you know, Hey, we've got one kind of mentality. You know, we've got one down, hey, down the hall. Come look, come look at the, you know, the, the new giraffe we just got, the new zebra we just got. Aren't they amazing? But we're really not going to do anything of ever laying it out of its cage. We're just doing it for the sake of having it to show. Okay. Does that so make you, sense? It makes complete sense. Um, you see this thing in a number of industries. The security theater uh, is one that really strikes me as a good parallel, where mm -hmm. you want to know why exactly are we doing this? Um, is this a use of our time or are we really just doing it for show? I, I can get yeah. on board with that. Um, but I'm, I'm interested just bef before we before we start to wrap up, some of the partners um, that have grown out of your work with the Dodgers. I'm just going to list a couple um, because some of them are, are quite different. You've got the Dick's Sporting Goods angle, but you've also got UEFA, Major League Baseball, the NHL. They're looking for quite different things. So how are, do you... Uh, how, wait, are, the, are they? Go on. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting that you, you say they're looking for quite different things. I think that they all have a different level of prioritization to a lot of the same problems. Okay. So I think that when you look at, you know, how do we how do we make sure number one, how do we engage with the fan or the consumer? How do we provide an experience that's, you know, second to none? Uh, how do we make someone want to come back, whether that be to a retail store or to a digital experience or to a game? Um, you know, how do we how do we continue to connect in ways that provide value? And then I look at the athlete side of it like I think the most important part of all of this is not to forget the athlete um, because the athlete is really everything, right? Whether that is from the youth athlete of working through training and performance, uh, working through understanding, working through products, uh, working through family balance, working through, I mean, league management, all the different things that are you know, really big revenue opportunities, but really big in the shaping and forming of that 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 player themselves, and the ability of their understanding of uh, why sport, right? And whether that you know your your job, I always tell my my sons, your job as a uh, as a youth athlete, it's to play at the highest level you want to play at. That could be seven years old. That could be high school in the U.S. That could be college. That could be pros, right? That's that's you play at the highest level you're capable of and you want to play at. And I think like a lot of, a lot of coaches, a lot of organizations, 
a lot of people you know, don't in the past haven't seen it that way. Um, and I think that 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 has changed dramatically uh, with a lot of the technologies and platforms that have helped enable making understanding easier. I mean, I see I to look at track and field um, and I, I look at some kids I know that learn more, you know, in the past of new uh, professional warm up routines and stretching routines and sprinting techniques from YouTube than I do from some of the coaches that they've trained with. Um, and it's mind blowing, right? That, that knowledge management that you can have from these experiences. But when I talk about, you said they all want to do different things, right? They, they're all in one of, you know, they, or they're in one or both businesses. You either sell people to things or things to people. I mean, I would, I would wager, show me any of those businesses that don't do one of those two things. Um, so at the end of the day, we have to figure out the constructs of how do you find companies that help support those goals. Okay. I always like ending on an educational note, even if it's me. <laughs> Dylan Boyd, I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you very much. Excellent. Thanks so much. Looking forward to seeing you soon. You've been listening to Calling the Shots, powered by William Fry, and all our guests on the series are part of 1-0-2019. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you pick up your podcasts. My name is Andy McGeady. I hope to talk to you again soon.